What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. To 2 2, and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Good evening. Welcome to another episode of the Touchy Gooners podcast. Um, this week you've got Vuyi. Yeah, did I say that right? Yeah, and, uh, and, yeah. and Dr. Leroy. Looks like the rest of the looks like the rest of the roster has gone a well considering uh, the latest Arsenal Arsenal performances. But how are you man doing? I'm yeah, good. Man, I'm good. Man, I'm good. Um, I'm sad. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Um, yeah, this has been, uh, this is the lowest point as an Arsenal fan that I've ever experienced, that like, ever. Hey man, we got a point, we got a point today, we got a point today, so, you know, can't, can't, can't complain too much, can't complain too heavy. And, and, we got a shot on target, that's progress. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> we are in the mud. Yeah, we're fully in the mud. I'm in the ghetto. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so boys, where where to start? Where to start? We played a couple of games since we since we last recorded, yeah. So um 
Let's talk about these 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 games. There's been some comments as well from Edu, Vinay, Venkatasam, and all these men um, as well. So I, I definitely want to want to get your you guys' thoughts on on some of those comments as well. But yeah, so the Burnley match um, lost one nil. Um, what what so Vu, Let's let's start with you here. What did you make of that game? The performance, like where 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 do you where do you see yourself? Where do you see the club right now um, after that game? Um. I think after the Aston Villa game, I kind of checked out from the season. I knew this is this is what it was going to be. I was just like, I'm not again. And I, it's only like, I think today was like the only game I actually properly watched. But other games, I just watched highlights. It was just more of the same, more of the same. Um, just sideways, sideways, unimagin- unimaginative when we have the ball. Um, and just, just yeah, just same, just more of the same. Uh, Aubameyang own goal when I saw that I was just thinking oh my god Twitter's going to have an absolute field day and obviously all the rival fans are just going to just going to have their fun with it and I was just like oh here we go but yeah just same old same old from us and it just nothing nothing much nothing out of the ordinary from what we used mm. to see in the season because Leroy I don't know about you but I saw the starting lineup, and I was very disappointed to see a few names on this on the, on the, on the, on, the, on that starting lineup. So like Granite Xhaka, Hector Bellerin, Willian, Lacazette. They've they've basically been stinking out the joint the whole season. You know, like we just lost the North London derby two 0 got packed in, and essentially Mikel decided that all of those men that lost that match were fit enough and well enough to to start the next one. Really, the only change that he made was the enforced one, uh, Thomas Party. Um, for for uh, who was it? Mohamed El Neni that started uh, yeah. instead. So, you know, how I'd like what, what what were your thoughts like when you saw the lineup for that well, match? When I saw the lineup, I thought this is completely undermining what I thought you were trying to do. So he's trying to build well what we thought we was trying to build uh, a culture of winning, um, a culture of non negotiables, a culture of effort or bust. It's my way or the highway, and a culture of um, meritocracy. Well, that's what I thought anyway. But if you continue to play players that not only are not performing and stinking out, but two, not even putting effort. And I look at William with this because William, and I've watched William for years. I actually was a fan of a younger version of William because that guy got picked by every single manager because he used to run his socks off. No matter if he's, he's inconsistent, we all knew that, but he used to run his balls off. For us, he looks like he's on the beach playing in flip flops. And to continue to pick William, when he doesn't even want to be there, he's not even working hard, it's, it just undermines everything that you're trying to do. Um, and just like you said, when I saw that all these men who have been underperforming are just getting back in the team, and even I know it's in the Europa, but certain men who are putting in performances and who are hungry are not even getting a look in, I just feel like, all right, yeah, everyone keeps talking about our of the players are not doing the job, but you're shooting yourself in the foot. Like you're hanging yourself with your own rope if you if you don't if you keep doing this keep picking players that are letting you down, so that's that's how I felt and I just thought ah, same old same old crossing inshallah and we'll see what happens. Yeah, this this whole um, you know I see these guys in training this that and the other, um, and uh, they they they're putting in top training performances, and then I'm picking them for the Saturday, and then they're stinking out the joint. I've never I've been I've never been one to understand. 
that thought process, right? Like, you know, um, I don't know if you, man, I played like Sunday League, Sunday League, Saturday League, yeah. But you know, there's them man that turn up every Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday for the for the training. They turn up at whatever secondary school field that mm. you're you're training, but they're rubbish, yeah. They're, but they're rubbish, yeah. And so they're they're going on. It's like uh, I was captain in the team. I was uh, I, I was trying to pick pick the lineups, telling everyone on on on, on Saturday, Sunday, you know who's going to be playing. I know I know Gary, or or Steve. I know that they've been to training on Wednesday and Thursday. I was there. It's nice. There was about six or seven of us. But mm. you know, the players don't turn up. They don't come. They got they got their kids. They got their you know jobs. This that and the other. They don't turn up. And when it comes to Saturday, Sunday. I'm still going to play the good guys. I'm sorry, Gary, and I'm sorry, Steve, but you're not good at football and I want to win the match. Do you get mm. what I'm saying? I'm not going to start benching the good players because I know that if I'm benching these men, they're not going to turn up for me when I need them and I'm going to have to start playing and starting matches with 10 men. Do you get what I'm saying? If yeah. we sign Messi tomorrow and Messi says, you know, I'm not really that asked about training you know, but I'm going to turn up and I'm going to be messy on the pitch on, on Saturdays. Arteta telling me that he's going to bench Messi because he's not training well, right? Like, all of this, what matters is that we need to get the three points at the end of the day. You are playing Willian, Lacazette, Xhaka, Bellerin, and they're costing you three points every week, and you're telling me about training performances. That's that's the thing I don't understand. It's like, no one is going to save your job because Xhaka was training well on the, on, on the Wednesday. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. If, if he's going there and he's stinking out the joint every week, right? Playing next to his centre back, not playing in midfield, passing the ball um, after fifty-five touches, so all the all the runs are now null and void. That's not winning you three points. So stop starting them. It's um, it's frustrating. And I think as well for that Burnley match, especially he he, he paid the ultimate price for starting him. You know um, that red card. Um, I know people have made. Um, a lot about the post-match comments. So, V, I'll ask you, like, what, what, what's your opinion on sort of the red card itself and then how Arteta's handled that um, following in, in the aftermath? Um, typical Xhaka, isn't it? Just doing things that will just absolutely just cost the team points, cost the team games. I still haven't forgiven him for what he did in 2019. That's on the... The uh, that Champions League spot when he gave away that penalty against Brighton, um, just typical Xhaka and um, Arteta. I think it was typical Arteta. If we remember, like the first thing he literally did when he came to the club was tell Xhaka to stay. You know, so I'm not, I'm not too like, I'm not too surprised that he that um Xhaka's here defending him and thing. I'm sorry, Arteta's here defending Xhaka, and, you know, things like that, and just yeah, I would just. I thought his comments were just very, just not, nothing, nothing I wouldn't have expected. You know, I thought he was way too easy on him when Pepe did, or more or less, for me, the same thing. It was like both of them did silly challenge, um, silly challenges that got them sent off, and he's reacted to them differently. And which, which further goes on to one of my reasons I dislike Arteta because I think to me he comes across as a bit of a liar, and I think he's just been selling us a lot of dreams in terms of like um. What he wants, and when he came to, when he came into the first press conference, he was saying all the good stuff, and you know, now that he's now that he's um he's more settled, now that the cracks are beginning to show, and he's beginning to show his bum a little bit. 
So I'm not I'm not surprised from from um, from anything that transpired from what Xhaka did to Arteta's comments. <laughs> right, Leroy. Same same question to you, I guess. Like where 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 do, where do we go um, with Granit Xhaka from from here? Like where where do you see his, his Arsenal future if there is one? Well, we should have been moving on from Granit Xhaka a long time ago. Let's face it, we've had ample opportunity to get him out of the club, but we haven't. Arteta made a very, very big call back in January um, when he started to try and get back on Shaka back on side and bring him back into the fold. In a way, I can understand why he did because we were very short in midfield and a lot of our midfielders that we had at the time are not very good at progressing the ball. But obviously, I think that was a mistake. He could have done it and said, look, you can go in the summer. But obviously, then the market collapsed. Shaka needs... We need to move away from Granit Shaka. I think there's no doubt about that whatsoever. Um, he's still got a market, in my opinion. I, I, I think Shaka's got a market. It might not be high and we might not be getting to get a lot of money, but I still think we could sell with Granit Shaka if we wanted to. So I think he's one of the people that we should be selling at the next available opportunity as soon as possible. Get his agent and say, look, you find your boy a new club. Let's let's move on. Um, and that's what I think we need to do because I think Granit Shaka is a bit of a lightning rod for everything that's been wrong with Arsenal in the decline in the last five years. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I can't. I can't say I disagree with that. To be honest, because you can think back to so many Jaka moments that could have spelt the end of him, kind mm -hmm. of thing. Like you know, going back to his first season, the red cards, this, that, and the other. Everyone was like, right, we'll, we'll give him the blight. I think he was even worse in his second season, not discipline-wise, but performance-wise. Under Emery, that the way that season ended, you know, that that penalty against Brighton. Shocking stuff. Um, the last season under Emery as mm. well, you know, him throwing the, the armband on the floor, telling mm. the fans to F off, this, that and the other. It's, uh, it's mental when you actually go for his Arsenal career. Mm. You know, the amount of actual like rock bottom moments there could have been for this guy. And yet he's like a, I don't even know, like you just can't beat him. You know, he just keeps coming back. He keeps coming back, keeps coming back. And I feel like, you know, this summer... I think, you know, was probably the most disappointing summer I think we've had in a long time, just in terms of what we thought was going to happen um, mm. and what actually happened. Like, I feel the club played it very, very safe with with um, a lot of the decisions that they made. I think they were happy to go along with the status quo, you know, when really and truly, after you've come eighth as Arsenal Football Club in the league, you mm. should be doing a lot more to rip up that play and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a... There, yeah, go on. No, to be honest, I feel that, that a lot more of that would have happened if it wasn't for Arteta. Uh, mm. And this is where I think we have to hold him accountable because I think he made a lot of errors and a lot of dilly-dallying. Now, I can understand, particularly as a new manager, if you see someone that you can kind of use, you will be reluctant to really let them go. You think, oh, I might be able to use in this situation, especially if you don't know what's coming in. So I feel like he's kind of hoarded players. Like he saw one use for AMN for, ah, oh, I need to keep him. I don't want to sell him. So one use for Shaka, oh, I want to keep him. So he's actually, some of the guys who maybe have done him well, especially post-lockdown, he's quite reluctant to let them go. So Arteta's done a lot of U-turns on players. And I feel like if he didn't do that, we had a different manager, or if Rao had his way through the whole transfer window, a lot of these men would be gone. Mm. Not these men would be gone. So I think that again, that has to lie at the feet of the manager. Mm. And do you know what? What's what? Then again, oh, go on. If we had right, if Raul was still here, we'd have Coutinho stinking up the joint. I mean, probably have Oscar coming, Oscar in our team as well. <laughs> so you don't know. Yeah. The, the, what the, the interesting part of that is that I, you know, when Edu said 
um, this is uh, his previous comments when he was talk when he was reviewing the summer. He said that you know they've been planning the summer since February, right? And it seems almost like Arteta undermined all of the plans that they had, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think um, we 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 made the move for Cedric um, mm -hmm. for better or worse because you know for all intents and purposes Ainsley Maitland Niles wanted out, right? Mm -hmm. So. Um, we then sign him on on a permanent basis, and I think that Cedric move it's it's it's, it's a very smelly one. It's terrible. Twenty four four year deal for twenty nine year old. But mm -hmm. if his role in the squad is purely backup to Hector Bellerin, you mm -hmm. can probably stomach it, right? Mm -hmm. So you you then have to get rid of Ainsley Maitland Niles. Mm -hmm. For me, if Maitland Niles is staying, um, there was rumours of um, Bellerin wanted to leave as well right so knowing you've signed Cedric on a permanent you mm. want to keep Maitland-Niles um then you have to let Bellerin go but as as you said Leroy um because Arteta is leaning on a couple of these players he's reluctant to let them go but then now you've got three right backs in the squad and one of them um is your registry you're going to have to register him now uh, instead of some of the non-homegrown uh, players that you have so you've just essentially excluded someone else from the squad for no real reason, because the two right backs that you have are first, are first and second choice, probably, mm -hmm. and the, the third right back that you signed, albeit for no fee, is now just taking someone else's squad squad space. And it, it seems to me that there were plenty of decisions like this that maybe before Arteta was, um, you know, made manager, um, it made sense to do them. But now he has been has been made manager, but given that authority over the squad. You're now left in a conundrum where you're, you're now all of your plans have been have been have been thrown away, kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like even even though Arteta, Arteta's um, player ID is questionable, I feel like these 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 are sort of rookie mistakes to be making as an organization as big as Arsenal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course, I completely agree. Rookie mistakes, but then you've got a rookie manager who's running the ship. You've given him too much power. An experienced director of football, and obviously, and, and going back to rookie manager, you've also got a, basically a rookie director of football or technical, um, whatever his name is, technical director. Um, an experienced director of football tells the manager, nah, we ain't doing it that way. We're moving this player on. We're moving this player on. This is what we're doing. Um, and I just feel like we're paying for their inexperience. And we're at a critical time in our rebuild where we can't afford to experience head in, inexperienced heads in there at the same time running the ship, making their mistakes along the way. We have no room or room for mistakes and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Mm. Again, yeah, so yeah, 100% agree, agree. And back to, back to the football um, as well. So today's game against Burnley, uh, no, not against Burnley, against Southampton, sorry, um, Hatton Hootle, who many people um, have been calling uh, for him to get the Arsenal job. Um, they they played they played decent decent stuff against us to be honest. I think we couldn't get out for most of um, the first half. Um, it was pretty poor from us. I'll, I'll, I'll say it's safe to say. I think so. V, um, let's get your your thoughts on on today's match as well. Man, this great game by Southampton. I guess they played they played as well as I guess they could have. I I expected us to do something because the way Southampton kind of play. Sometimes they kind of leave holes and there's, you know, gaps to exploit. And um just yeah, great um great goal, great, great um goal from from Walcott, typical Walcott goal that I I that I think we all we all remember him scoring back in his Arsenal days. 
And I thought when when, that, when the and then it was so quick, I thought, oh, here we go. They're absolutely they're gonna slap. They're gonna like they're gonna smack us. Well, um, you know, Saka, Saka and his individuals and his individual brilliance, they, they saved us. And yeah, hmm. I think that's what I have to say. Just. It's just not much different for us right now, man. I don't know. <laughs> it's just the same old, same old. But I'm, I'm, you know, I was, I was actually surprised we even scored. I was, I was, I was shocked. I thought mm. they were gonna absolutely. I thought they were gonna put three past us like Aston Villa did. To be honest. Yeah, Leroy. I guess same, same question to you. What do you make of to get today's game, and then probably to extend it a little bit, like. Where where do we go from here, performance wise? If Arteta is not getting sacked, what what like what does the future look like next next four or five games if he's here for all of them? Um, I think today's game was pretty much similar to what we've experienced before. Quite abject, quite flat, lacking invention, lacking intensity, particularly from the front, lacking purpose on the ball. I feel like we are the slowest team I think I've ever seen or at least the slowest Arsenal team I've ever seen play. There's no variation to our tempo. We don't inject pace. We don't do one-twos. Every, everyone just seems a bit disconnected up front. And it, it just it just stinks, man. Um, but we've been like this for a while and it's just more of the same and it's not changed whatsoever. Now, where we go for the future, if Arteta's not getting sacked, I don't see it getting, I don't see it changing. I just think we're going to see more of the same thing. I, I mean, we might get different players, but... I'm not sure how much the players believe in this system anymore or believe in a manager anymore because it, when you're losing like this, it's hard to retain belief and you're kind of seeing it in the effort levels of the players and you see it in some of the body language and the, the facial expressions and even when they're, they're getting talked to when they come in on the pitch as substitutions, you just look like they're just kind of running in one ear and out another. So I don't know where we go from here personally and this is why I feel like something's got to change. You have to arrest this slide. What, when you get into this funk, even if Arteta was the right man right now, we have to change him because he's not pulling this back, even if he was the right coach. Um, we've got to do something, but it's, a, it's about getting the replacement and an adequate one at that. Um, and that's going to be difficult to do. Yeah, and I guess I guess my follow-up question to that, to replacing him, right? So it's like, do you think that now is the best time to, to, to change manager? And do you think that we should be changing manager right like now? on top well there is a lack of alternative but the thing is this is not our job to know this is one thing everyone was saying like who you want if you're a technical director you should have a list of 10 managers at all times in your head who you would think are appropriate for Arsenal Football Club mm. that's your job that's your full-time job um now you could maybe look at an interim situation I'm pretty sure there's going to be people out there who are suitable to take it on an interim basis and then get your real man in the summer but I, I think you've got to do it because at the end of the day, the Premier League is an unforgiving league. And if we continue on this form, we really could find ourselves in a relegation scrap. Um, we're, not, we're not making Europe already, which is going to be a big hit to our finances. And as well, this is borderline embarrassing. Like, you, what kind of decent player is going to want to come to us if we finish 15th? Mm. Like... That, that, that's absolutely insane. Like you've just got to actually get some pride to the, and finish in a respectable position by the end of the season, um, and that's a big factor as well. So yeah, um, I think you've just got to make the change. You've got to make the change. But then it's their job. This is where the technical director makes your million pound a year, two million pound a year. Like do your job. Do you know what I mean? 
Vuyi, I'd say the same question to you. So do you, what, what, what's your feelings on the manager right now? Like, do you think he's, he's, it's time to replace him? Um, I think it's time to replace him. If I'd either, as Leroy said, I'd, I think I'd get an interim manager in. Um, or if not, just wait till the end of the season. But then, like, ah, just, I don't know. Because in terms of Arteta, I think I'm, at first I was angry, but now I'm not. Because for me, it's like, what do you expect from someone? Like, literally, this is his first ever managing job. Ever. Mm. He's never, like, I don't think he's even coached. You know what I mean? Like, this is this is so, like, just for that, when you think about that, it's like, you can't really be angry at things he does. Or well, I don't really get mad at the things he does because it's like, what do you expect? Um, but mm, I disagree. Certain things just look stupid. But for me, it's like, mm, some things is like, oh, this is a rookie hey, manager. At the end of the day, I could have never cut a lawn in my life. If I could go mm. and do a big round hole in the middle and leave the rest, you're going to call me an idiot. So, like, <laughs> certain things are just common <laughs> sense. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't really get on terms of like, I guess maybe like the, the attacking part of the game. I think some things is just like experience. I think like some some attacking aspects of the game and man management, I don't really hold him to account. It's just, to me, it's for me, it's like this guy's kind of young. But then some things is just like, yeah, now nah, this dude's not it. Mm. Um, but I think the best the best bet if we were smart, if our board was smart, which we're not, would be to um, yeah, just sack him now, get a decent interim, finish like you know, get a. Real, Finish, seat, look to finish that like, a respectable position, and try and try again in the summer for like a Poch or Hassan Hutto. Mm. Yeah, Hassan, they have to throw the bag because I've heard he's signed until twenty twenty four. Yeah, yeah. So I think yeah, he just got he he got a new contract um, mm. recently, Hassan Hutto. I think so. Did Brendan Rodgers. I think Pochettino's got a weird situation with um, Spurs where you're going to have to pay Spurs some money still. I got, I got um, it wrong. You don't have to do that, you know. Oh, really? Um, garden leave, garden leave, his gardening leave has expired. Expired. But even still, he's got, yeah. like, he's got like a 30-man backroom staff or something like that that you have to, you'll have to bring in as well. So there's, there are I question marks. Yeah, if it takes, if it takes that, um... Yeah, I think, like for me, I feel like with Arteta, um, a lot of his bad decisions has have come after making him manager and giving him that extra responsibility when really we should have focused on give keeping his responsibility to a minimum and allowing him to focus on the coaching. Because for me, I think when he was a coach, I, I don't think anyone can dispute that... Um, you know, he looked like a very, very good football coach. I think Arsenal went from probably one of the most reckless looking teams on a football pitch, just in terms of the way we were able to, you know, be attacked by any team, you know, cut cut through, slice through, had players playing to a much higher level than what I thought was possible in this squad. Um, and... Uh, and I think since we've made a manager and we've given him remit over certain man management decisions, you know, keeping certain players, um, deciding who is going to be in and out of the team, um, left in and out of the squad. Oh, Sean, as Sean, you, you good? 
Yo, yeah, what's going on? Can you handle it? Oh, you, 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 you know, <laughs> bro. you've been really. Hey, hey, bruv. <laughs> so yeah, listen. Look, look, look at the stress Arteta's put me through, bro. I'm, 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 an, I'm a broken man, bro. It's even my birth. It's listen. It's even my birthday tomorrow. Man's already ruined my day. Oh wow! Like, we couldn't, we couldn't give you small three points for your birthday. Oh, you know? It's his peak. It's peak, peak. Listen, man. Just focus on guys. Just focus on other things. Except this is what we are. I hear um, show, and I hear you have a child. I on 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 past podcasts. I've heard you. I think you've got a family. Focus on your family, man. Focus on that. <laughs> Man's focus on the family, you know. But, um, yeah. but yeah, Sean, Sean, I'll come to you. I'll come to you shortly. Um, but basically, yeah, what I was saying is, I feel like with Arteta, we've gone from one of the the, the better looking like the better um, coach teams to um, to one of the worst. I think since since he's had to get involved in some of the man management and actual manager issues that you know someone with more experience is is more used to. And I feel I feel like that's a it's been a big mistake in but, doing that, you know. Do you know do you know what I think has happened in, in terms of the fall apart? So obviously Arteta came in and we were a complete shambles under Emery, right? So he's developed a system to stabilize us, make us defensively more resolute. And then we had Aubameyang basically on his ones outperforming his XG doing a madness. That was our only source of goals, really. So Aubameyang was papering over the cracks of how bad we were offensively. But we weren't too bad in the phases before that. Now, Aubameyang had a bit of a bad spell, which is going to be multifactorial, where he's not able to outperform his XG no more. So we've got no goals. Because of the system Arteta has implemented, had no attacking impetus, no creativity, it's not like he could just add on something to fix it. He had to completely scrap it and tear it down and try and do something else mid-season. And that obviously exposed our flaws. And it's not an easy thing to do with such an imbalanced squad and such messed up players, really. So now everything's just fallen apart when he's tried to actually fix the underlying problem. Because the first problem wasn't adequate. The first, his first fix or his first answer wasn't adequate. He couldn't just add on to it. Um, and then now we're in a, a kind of mixed place where we don't know what we are anymore. We did know what we were at the back end of lockdown because we had a system that was working, but it just relied on someone doing something that was completely unsustainable. And now we're in that stage where we were with Emery all the time because Emery didn't have a specific, specific style where it's just confusion again. We don't even know exactly what we're doing. Um, so yeah, we've we've got big big problems because um, obviously when now you do that, then you lose games. You keep losing games. Players lose confidence. They don't believe in the manager. Then everyone starts arguing. Then everyone starts fighting. And then you're not getting the same input. And the thing is, like Premier League football is about fine margins. So you've got to have people working at their maximum the whole time. As soon as that drops off, and as soon as people lose belief, and as soon as people start to hesitate. Results change, especially in our games, where even when we were at our absolute best, all the games were marginal. Mm. Do you know what's interesting about that, though? And and why I want to just just for one one slight point, right? Is like the only time I feel that he changed things from what he was doing initially was post lockdown when Özil went out the team. Yeah, and I think at that point, you know, because you know when he first came, he said this is a guy I'm going to build my team around, etc. And I feel like our attacking plan was actually focused on 
Mesut Ozil and getting him into those number 10 positions, half spaces, that's a Sean's favourite phrase, um, you know. And as soon as the moment that, you know, that decision was made to leave Ozil out of the team, and we, as we all know, we don't have another player that can play in that position to uh, an acceptable standard, um, Emil Smith-Rowe and all of these men um, aside, um, the moment that went out the window, it seemed that his entire plan, as you said, has gone out the window because now he's trying to change things and his plans have gone awry. And from from what has been said by the club, Vinay said it yesterday, supporters trust, that decision to leave Ozil out was 100% down to Arteta. Whether or not you want to believe that or not, but say we are taking that as um, a given, it's, it's again, it's going to my point around you're making decisions to the detriment of the team, you know, for your, your you're making managerial decisions um, to the detriment of the team, and you don't have solutions for them, and everything's going to going to shit as you've you've basically explained that you know, you, you everything's becoming confused. Um, you know, players don't really know what they're doing. There's the, the organization has gone, etc. So, um, I think I think these are things that he just has to wear now because he has taken it upon himself. To, to to claim these decisions as his, the club have put these decisions on him. So if these if if that's how we're supposed to take it, then he has to just wear them, and he, he's he's nailing his, his his own coffin, I think, with with these decisions, personally. But um, Sean, yeah, let me get you involved in the in the conversation. Um, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? What's the solutions? What's the solutions? What what? Let's let's talk about January. Let's talk about. Um, what we can potentially do um, if we are able to, you know, be in a respectable-ish position uh, by January and, and talk about saving our season. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job sites, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com. 
facebook.com slash blue isle this is their best offer available anywhere go right now to indeed.com slash blue isle offer valid through december 31st terms and conditions apply so so i've been obviously naturally very critical of arteta and i think rightly so because he has been very baffling in his decisions um he's He's to in and fro and he doesn't seem to be sure on what he actually wants. And, and that's indicative of someone who doesn't have a style. I thought he would have a style, but he's been chopping and changing um, ever since Ozil went out of the team. So, And for me, um, I, I've always wanted an attacking manager. So if you, you have to be like that from the very go- from the very get-go. You can't decide that you're going to be one way and then all of a sudden shift to the other way. I read um, a quote from Daniel Fark this week where he was saying, like, he was talking about some of Sheffield United's troubles um, this season. He was saying, like, they were a defensive team and now they're trying to um, add some more attacking potency. But it it hasn't worked because their foundations were built different initially anyway. So I would rather um, he have kept the approach he was doing within the first 10 games and then added the players around that. But um, if his formation was only built around Ozil, then it was obviously doomed to fail initially anyway. So... Um, it's all about having the right system and then and then inputting the right players to fit within that correct framework. So um, I don't know, because first and foremost, I don't really know what he wants to do. And, and that in itself is a big, big issue. So when, it come, when, when we look at January now, obviously we talk about we need creativity. We need a lot more players who can operate within the half spaces. But we are where we are now. Um, Leroy alluded to the fact that who wants to join us at this moment in this stage we're in. So... And how much money are we looking to shell out? We, we don't know how much we have to spend. Um, we've spoken, obviously, in the group chat before about moving the summer budget forward. Um, but what does what does that mean now? Because uh, by all accounts, if you believe the rumour, Sabozlai was one of our targets and it looks as if he's off to um, RB Leipzig. Um, Husam Awal has obviously been the main target for a while now. But, I mean, really and truthfully... If I was him, I wouldn't join Arsenal. I would wait for six months. And I know um, Real Madrid, Juve, they would all be in for me. So that leaves us a bit a bit of an impasse. Um, I've said before, I would rage the French League. There are younger options who are probably not ready. And in the position we're in, it's a risk to buy those because it looks as if we're going to be in a relegation dog scrap. So um, I don't know is, is, is generally the answer. I'm, I'm at a massive impasse. As, as critical as I have been of Arteta, I, I also feel a little bit sorry just because I think these players are clowns. A lot of them are clowns as well. Um, they're not bad enough to be in the position they're in, um, which indicates to me that some of them have down tools on the manager and they down tools on Emery and they down tools on Wenger. So um, it's a bit toxic. So we really need to try and shift some in January if we can. I don't know if we can. I doubt we can. Um, obviously, we're reaching a natural conclusion with quite a few in the summer, and hopefully, we can shift a few. So, sorry, that's just a long-winded answer of saying I don't have a bloody clue. <laughs> I generally don't know. So, no, yeah. no, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Um, and I think this this question from Priestley here on YouTube: um, thoughts on getting Ralph Ragnick to be our manager and director, or work with Edu? What's your What's your thoughts on that? Edu needs to get in the bin first and foremost. Like, I don't want him <laughs> to go, bro. Like. <sighs> I don't want. I want someone who. The thing is at Arsenal, yeah. You can't go with this inexperience. You want. I want people with a proven track record. The people I can fall back on and say, look, he's done this. There, 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 there. This person is good and undoubtedly good. If it's not him, it's something else. Because we need. We've got so many problems. We need to basically have certain things that we can be sure about. Now, I hear Ralph Randy wants to be a manager again, so I'm not sure that's going to work either. So. 
we'll see what happens from that perspective. But I wouldn't mind having someone like that who's tried and tested in the club in some capacity. That would be a good idea, whether that be the manager or try and interim, or that be the, the the director of football, whatever. I'm not against that at all. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think I would I would have to agree with you about this whole Edu thing because I think you know it's a, it's a nice little segue into some of his comments that he was making um, yesterday. The ones that came out yesterday and the day before, I, I just think it was it was almost inexplicable some of the things that he was saying. You know, like talking about giving uh, Willian time. Um, you know, he needs time to adapt to some of his teammates, this, that, and the other. And this is coming from the same guy who in the summer was saying that this guy's gonna, you know, hit the ground running straight away. This is a man um who, you know, has been in this league for seven years. Uh, you know, whether his performances have been up to scratch um is another question. But in terms of time to adapt, this is not a signing that you make. Um uh, it, it, with a view to, to 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 having some sort of embedding in time, you know, this is a guy who's supposed to make an instant impact, and I felt the fact that of all the players that he could have defended, you know, or could have come out and um, <coughs> promoted to pick Ed, uh, to pick Willian, I thought was very telling, um, given his links to Kia Jurapchin, that that's the player that he felt that he had to come out and. And, uh, and protect, you know, it was a, uh, it was probably one of the worst um, uh, interviews I think I've ever seen from someone involved at Arsenal, uh, and it probably shows why this guy has not been, you know, in front of cameras, in front of interviews um, for for much uh, of his time when in in his role. But yeah, he he absolutely stinks. I think I was surprised that he kept his job when uh, Raul and others and Husfami and all of these other guys have moved on. Because to me, he seemed like a big part of that, you know, sort of negative circle um, of, of of just poor decisions after poor decisions. So, you know, January's around the corner, two weeks away. Um, we need to see what, what this guy's been working on. Because for me right now, he's not up to scratch. He's not done his job so far. Um, and, you know, to trust him with another window or potentially another two windows um, is another... Big risk for me. Edu doesn't give me smart vibes. There's nothing that I've seen about Edu that makes me think this is a guy that's going to bridge the gap for us. A lot of me thinks he got his job, one, because they had this dumb criteria of having a connection with Arsenal, which I think makes absolutely no relevance whatsoever to how good someone's going to be as a technical director. I don't know why that was even a criteria. Two, he probably looks all right in a suit. Like That's probably a part of it. Um, and three, he could speak English. Like... <sighs> I don't know what criteria they used to, to go and well, do that. Well, wasn't it a lot of it basically was that obviously initially we wanted Monchi. He said no. He went back to Sevilla. Um, and obviously Kia had a good relationship with Raul. Uh, Kia represents Edu. Um, and that was the obvious, the obvious link into an Arsenal job. And obviously being an ex-Arsenal man, a lot of people bought it hook, line and sinker. But if you read, there's quite a few reports that came from Brazil. Um, some people are very doubtful. There was I can't remember. There was one quote from one Brazilian journalist. He was like, "Edu going back to Arsenal. Good luck, Arsenal." So he he doesn't seem to. He said condolences. What's that? He said condolences, Arsenal. Yeah, he was yeah, in the obituary. Yeah, so he said condolences to Arsenal. So the fact of the matter is, this guy doesn't seem to have any kudos. I would have. Um, I, I I did like the option of Ralph Ranick as a as a technical director because. I like that he's proven at Leipzig um, and Salzburg, both those teams as well. And he has a very clear, defined style. And that obviously created um, 
space for the likes of um, Nagelsmann who have who have gone on to thrive as well. So they're very much embedded in a specific style. And he, and he, and he made a quote, which I saw today, which said, obviously, um, even on your bad days, your style should still be discernible. And, and that's one of my biggest criticisms of Arteta, even irrespective of the fact that the squad is imbalanced and it's not great. Um, I don't know what he's trying to do. And I, it's bad that I'm sitting here a year on from when he was appointed and I don't know what he's trying to do. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's a big failing on his part. Um, but at the same time, um, when it comes to Edu, he needs to get these bums out the door. I don't know what he did in the summer. Um, and he's got another big job in January. Let's see what he's he's made of because at the end of the day, the buck stops with him now. If it needs to be a big January, if he doesn't do anything in January, then he's got to go as well. Yes, I mean, I'd be of the mind for him to go anyway, but for him to show and prove his worth or, or any sort of sort, he has to do something big, both inbound and outbound for Arsenal in January. So, yeah, like, but, <clears throat> but like with the January yeah. window, like who do you think we could we could get? Like, I because personally, I don't see us getting Owa. I don't see that happening. No, yeah, yeah, we're 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 not we're not going to get him. I I very much doubt we will get him. If we were going to get him, we should have got him in the summer, um, and we messed that deal up in the summer. Um, as much as I hate Raúl, he probably would have got that deal done. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, Raúl Raúl would have paid that agent fee, and Alwa would be an Arsenal player. He's, do you know what I mean? So that, that would happen. My, my my thing is um. There's loads of players. It's football. There's always there's always new players that are popping up and about. He Edu said at the end of the summer when he got rid of all the scouts that he wants to work closely with Stat DNA. Um, I'm skeptical of Stat DNA as it is anyway. But if you're going to use this scouting model now to be picking up um, obscure players, this this is this is what it's for. We've seen there's loads of players who have gone to uh, teams for very little money. Look at Jens Petter Haig that went to AC Milan for what four million euros. Nobody knew about him. Do you know what I mean? Now he's probably already tripled his value in the space of a few months. So there's 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 always there's always 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 new players. There's some players in the championship that are um, very promising on the come up. Um, and also we've spoken about previously taking advantage of the poor financial situation in France. Um, so there's options. There's options. If he doesn't have any option, that's a massive indictment on him, and we need to get him out and we need to do some rethinking. Um, so yeah. And and the thing is as well, like. We're talking about, you know, Edu needs to go um, and and Arteta needs to go, this, that and the other. But my whole thing is, who is going to even sack them? You know, who who um, is is employing Edu? Because Vinay, he's not going to sack them. He he's, he's happy, you know, under 40. He's like chairman of Arsenal Football Club, you know, made his way to the top somehow by other people getting, getting sacked. And now he's... He's living his his dream, you know, um, that sort of thing. He's not going to sack them. The Cronkies, mate, we we don't know um, <clears throat> how involved they are. Josh Cronky talking about, you know, I'm I'm around the training ground, this that and the other. Two years ago, be excited, this that and the other. Slapping seventy two million pound down um, in bongs on on Nicolas Pepe. So these men aren't close to the aren't close to the ball. They they they've made bad decision after bad decision. They've overseen bad decision after bad decision. Who's to say that these men are even, you know, remotely worried about the current situation that Arsenal are in? Bro, you know, I, so I, I think they're worried, but the thing is, they don't know ball. So if you, if I became a multi-billionaire overnight and bought an NBA team and had to invest in an NBA team, I have no idea what I'm doing, bruv. I don't know what's going good or what's going bad. I don't know what a good setup is. So this is a problem. And you made a very good point. Who's going to sack them? And this is why you need a footballing board. 
You need a board full of football people who know exactly what's going on about football, about the game, who can make decisions like that. So that board, like a Bayern, our board should be having, I mean, Perez wants to be around the club training all the time. He should be on there. We should have Wenger on there as an honorary member or something like that. We should have three, four men who have been in the game from the start who know about football on that board who can make decisions like this technical director. He's not doing a good job. He needs to go. They should be advising the ownership on what's good, what's bad, what we need to do next. But we don't have that. So, boy, I don't really know who's going to set them, to be honest with you. Because they, the Cronkies, people say they're bad owners. They're not bad owners. They've, they've allowed a lot of money to be spent. They've allowed a lot of money to be spent. They just don't know ball. And they've not surrounded themselves who do know ball, by people who do know ball, who haven't got an interest, who they're basically paying um, to, to, to run the club. They're not like, obviously, if, if, if you're my employer, if, 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 you, if you employ me, sorry, I, I'm going to just tell you what you want to hear because I want to keep my £5 million a year. But they need a board of people who are there to give them impartial advice. Yeah, I I, I I hear you, and I um, personally I feel I feel like they're bad owners for that reason though. Like they're bad owners for how passive they are it, with respect to how the business that they own is run. Do you get what I mean? Like if 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 I'm running my business and I'm giving it to you know thieves and charlatans to run, yeah, and they're committing fraud and doing all of this, and then I'm coming around and turn around. Oh no, you know I trusted them. He was saying this to me, and then people are going to jail. People are you know being defrauded of their money. You know, I'm a bad owner for letting that happen. Do you get what I'm saying? Even though I've chucked money at, at, at the business, I'm, I'm allowing it to run. It's running at a profit every year, this, that, and the other. But if people are, are, are running amok underneath me, I'm a bad owner. And that's why I, I have no time for these, man, because they're just literally allowing so much chaos to happen underneath their watch, that kind of thing. And that's where my major criticism comes from with the Cronkies, it's not, you know, are them not giving us money to spend? Because if you look at all the net spend charts, we've been, we've been, we, everyone's been selling us how we've been selling so badly, so badly, so badly. And yet we're still right up there spending money. Do you get what I'm saying? So it's not even about not putting funds in. It's about allowing thieves and charlatans to, to run amok with your, with your, um, your investment. Do you get what I mean? And they, they, they don't seem to, be invested enough to to try and right these mistakes that have that have been made historically, if that makes sense. But but yeah, Sean, I'll I'll let you speak now. Sorry. Oh no no, I'm 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 not even <coughs> much. Like I, I totally agree with both your points and and Leroy's points as well in terms of we need more more football and knowledge and and it's the Cronkies' fault for not having that sort of all well and good that they don't know ball, but then they should be yeah trying to get people in place who who do know ball. It's even annoying because. When you look at Nagazidis, as much as he was a bum for us, he's gone to AC Milan. Have you seen the team they're building now with loads of loads of good young players like mm -hmm. Benacer, um, Tonali, uh, Rafael Liao, Donnarumma? But why? 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 Because they've got people who know ball. Yeah, it's true. Maldini and them, man, yeah. you're making footballing decisions. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's true. It's true. So, um, yeah, Gazidis has gone there and obviously he, he's got control, but He's obviously being advised by by loads of different footballing people there at AC Milan as well, which is why you're starting to now see their resurgence. They're building a good young team with loads of talented players as well. So that's the sort of model that in an ideal world we would be building towards again. Um, but the only problem is, like you said, we just don't have that personnel in place to implement that sort of thing. So And I, and I don't trust Edu to do so. If I'm to be general, we have made some good signings recently. Like, for example, Gabriel, Tierney, those um, Martinelli... Um, 
those, those were good young signings. Party was a good experience signing. So, oh, on the whole, we've made some decent signings recently. But in terms of the strategy, in terms of putting in place people who are going to get these guys out, because like you said, we, we can't we can't shift any of these guys because they're all on massive wages. Nobody wants them. So they're, they're dead wood. They're comfy sitting on their wages in London. So um, that's kind of led to the position we're in, man. So it's, it's a shame. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll see where we go from here. I don't really have any confidence in Edu to do so. But um, I think you'll see a lot more people calling for his head if we're mm. not in a more positive position, whether that's um, our status in the league or um, our incomings and outgoings by the end of Jam. Mm. Mm. Solid. And I think there's one 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 question I do have about the fo- football side of things now as well and a bit of um, a running theme apparently in some of the most recent games. I, know, I don't really want to make excuses for... Um, the manager, um, but discipline, right, in terms of some of the red cards that we've been seeing um, in recent games, obviously you saw Pepe, you know, try and headbutt someone uh, playing playing against Leeds. You saw Xhaka throttle someone. Um, you saw Gabriel lose his head, get a very two very quick yellow cards in the game uh, today against Southampton. Is this discipline... A, a, like a, a major issue that we're now going to have to be thinking about going forward or, 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 or is it a sign of something deeper? So th- this this is why part of me thinks some of the players have down tools on Arteta, even though some of the other comments from players are saying that they're still rightfully behind because they're just very dumb stuff. Pepe was stupid. Xhaka was even more stupid. Gabriel, as much as I even like him, dumb. Very, very dumb today. Do you know what I mean? So I, I don't like, I think I saw we've had eight red cards under Arteta already in a year that's bloody awful do you know what i mean so um yeah i, I think it's um a case of that I, I i don't know if all the players they're all listening to him anymore do you know what i mean so and, and when you get into that sort of position you're in you're in uncharted territory because that um control that you thought you had you no longer have it so um yeah still i think he's a dead man walking um i, I would be it for for me because obviously I've never seen this. I've never seen a, a manager at this point turn it round. So it would be a real, real turn up for the books. So I, I, I just don't see how it can happen feasibly. So yeah, we got a question from um, we got a question from Shabs here. Um, which direction do you think the club should move in right now in order to build a successful project within three to five years? Seems like we're asking this question. Uh, every eighteen months, you know. But um, Vui, let me. Let, I'll, I'll start with you, and then, and then we'll see if um, Leroy has anything to to add as well. Just, I think we should just tear it all down from the just just rip it all down to the foundations. Just everyone needs to go. In my opinion, um, I don't see the Cronkies going, but if you know if the Cronkies are, if the Cronkies do care, or as Josh Cronkie said, he has, he needs to properly look at this club and just get football guys around him. As um, Leroy said this week, as said today, and obviously last week as well, we just need to just rip it down, man. Just, just down to the, just down to the foundations and just start again. Mm. And and have like and you know get people, get the right people, in and put have like, um, proper proper policies like things like not letting like if we if we have a player. We sell him. We're gonna sell him. It's, we're gonna sell him whilst he still has value. Instead of letting this contract run out and these kind of things, we need to have. Um, in my opinion, like we need to get the right team in 
and we need to get like a, a proper like, like proper strict policies in my I think anyway. Don't know if you guys have anything to add. Mm. Yeah, Lira, you touched on um, you know, sort of getting football people um involved in the board and, 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 and that kind of thing. So what what else can we do as a club to, to get back to the big time? To be honest, I tweeted this year. <clears throat> when I actually like take it break it down and think about it, I'm not sure who's making sound. Does that mean? No, there's some background noise. Anyway, um, yeah, um, what I think we should do is we've got quite a good, a few good players anyway. Um, we've got probably six players that are good enough for where we want to go first team wise. But we only need to really replace four or five, really and truly. Um, so if we change the manager, get a good, experienced sporting director in who we've got faith in. We are having a clear out this summer. Have a clear out. Things could look very, very different in 12 months' time. Um, so I don't really think there's much we need to do sort of a three to five year project because I feel like if you added four or five quality first team individuals to this team, we could beat top four now. So um, we'll be good manager on the right structure. So, yeah. Dan, are you think, yeah, no, yeah. Cheers. I think I think I tend to agree with you, to be honest. Because for me, what I said in the summer was that, and what I've maintained is that, if you added two very good attacking players to this team, be it you know a winger, a, a striker, or attacking mid or anything like that to this team, I think you would look a lot better than what we do currently. I think the 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 speed of play is too one paced. The uh, forwards are too slow. There's not enough pace in our front line as well, um, outside of Abamyang, really. Um, and I think those those two things would make us look a lot better. And then, you know, as you said, there are other positions that we can strengthen as well. You know, centre midfield, right back, um, right centre back, etc. So, you know, for me, I agree. We're not we're not too far away, but <clears throat> I, yeah, as Sean said as well, I'm not sure I trust these men to you know, make these decisions and make these uh, the necessary additions to the squad. There have been opportunities to upgrade on these guys and for whatever reason they've um, chosen not to not to do so. So um, we got another question here, Sharon, you touched on this as well. So um, Yannick Max asking, you know, is it possible to regain a lost dressing room? I've, I've, I've never seen it. I, I tend to think once once you lose the dressing room, that's pretty much it. Um, and there's there's a lot of senior players here. I think obviously part of the problem with Arteta is that he's not too far in age to a lot of the senior players, you know, like Socrates, the Rezas, or there's only like four or five years between a lot of these guys. So, um, but a, a lot of it, like I said, it stems from, and it links into the last question in terms of the cultural reset. If we can stay, like, obviously, I don't think we're going to get relegated or anything like that. We'll probably finish in the bottom half though. So if we can, and, and this is why this summer is so important in terms of a cultural reset, because we have naturally a lot of um, contracts expiring. So when you think of Ozil, Socrates, Louise, Mustafi, these contracts naturally all come to an end. So I think if you just include those, that's nearly like 600k off the wage bill, just from those guys alone. And then we talk about, you've got guys like Lacazette, um, Eddie and Ketia, who will be coming to sort of like a year left on their deal. So if you can, um, Xhaka is, uh, well, Xhaka doesn't have a year left, but I mean, those sorts of players who who we really, really need to shift out. 
um, then, then you can. It's, it's not, I, I don't even think, I agree with Leroy, it's not even a three to five year project because we have the core nucleus. Like if you look through, you said, all right, cool. I've got Leno, um, Gabriel Saliba, uh, Thomas Partey, Aubameyang, Tierney. You've got the bones of a team that you can already build around. So it, it's whether you can um, sell well um, and whether the Cronkies will obviously give us enough. But obviously it depends on where we finish in the league as well. So if we can raise enough capital to add that relevant, relevant quality. So for me, my main focus would be on just strengthening the first team and then let the youngers pad up the squad rather than, you know, just paying useless squad play, uh, wages for people like Cedric and Mary. Um, just let that be padded up by youngsters. Uh, but I would focus, and this is what Wenger used to do a lot as well, because we often used to moan about Wenger that the squad wasn't strong enough. But Wenger had a very, very strong first eleven. Do you know what I mean? So I would focus on having a strong first 11, first and foremost. Um, so that for me would consist of buying another central midfielder, a good all-rounder, um, buying two playmakers, um, one central, one wide, and then buying another wide forward. Um, and hopefully, obviously I doubt it will happen, but if we could sell Pepe and, and bring in another wide forward, that that would be great. So after that, you've already got the bones of a very, very good team. Um, problem is, with all that in, you're spending about probably... Uh, those four players I've mentioned, um, that might cost like in between 150 to 200 million. Um, so the question is, where? How can we finance that? So that could partly be financed by um, some of the wage wage bill and squad space that are going to be alleviated this summer. Um, but then we also need to raise that capital um, to to buy that relevant quality. But also, obviously, the other point is, will those players want to come to us? Um, next season. So a lot of points will stem from what happens in January and, and how we finish the season. That will determine um, and influence what we do going forward. But if we get it right, I see, I don't think it needs to be free. I could, it, for the, do you know the funny thing about football, yeah, is that things change very, very quickly. A team that's in crisis, like like one year, like the next year, they could be flying. Do you know what I mean? Like Southampton are a, a, a perfect example of that under Hassan Huttle. I even watch them, I still don't even think they're great. They're, they're play, their squad is so average. So the fact that Hassan Huttle has got them paying so far above their actual ability level, I think is is, is sort of testament to that. So um, providing we, we do it, but I mean, we, we sit here speaking about the same things all the time. So <laughs> do you know what I mean? How many times have we had similar conversations in terms of what we need to do in terms of recruitment, who should go, who should stay, um, and, and what we should acquire? And, and and it's not really happened. So the proof will be in the pudding, I guess. Wait, I, I, I just want to touch on one thing. You said sell Nicholas Pepe. Yeah, yeah. Listen, Leroy, you, you, you beat at me. Like, allow me in it. Like, you killed me. Like, I'm tired, <laughs> I'm, I'm tired of it. Like, what, what, what do you want me to say now? Like, you beat at me. Just cheering you a line of cocaine. I'm tired, man. I'm tired. The thing is, we've even got. Do you know, as someone who was once part of the Pepe hype yeah. as well, <laughs> I get it a lot, man. The thing I is, we and Leroy have even got another bit. I'm even keeping quiet about that one, bro, because boy, I might lose that one as well. So, Leroy, Leroy's winning. I think I'm eating off both of you, man. Ah. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be eating off both of us. To be honest, we're funding we're funding a couple of takeaways still. Yeah, um, <laughs> so, yeah. a night night at Hakkasan on us. Yeah. Um, so basically, a couple a couple more. So I've got I've got some. You're hey, you're on mute, Dan. But yeah. yeah, I had had to mute myself. Had some Tottenham fool here trying to cause um, trouble after his team got packed in the last minute as well. Uh, it's got no shame. It's got no shame. Um, 
But yeah, so a couple more questions here from, from the listeners. Um, Leroy, there's one here for you. Um, what are your thoughts on Saka's load management? Because he's oh. playing a lot of minimum, a lot of minutes. Bro, uh, I'm not happy. I'm not happy. I feel like this is exactly how you really when you overuse young players like this who are not because you, you have to kind of build their robustness, um, especially when they're still growing. Um Saka obviously has got a bit more time, but I feel like his load management is really poor. I feel like he's playing too much football and I really hope we don't have a repeat of the mistakes that we've had in the past with a lot of young players who have had stress injuries, stress factors, breakdowns, secondary to all those type of things. I would really like to see Saka play a lot less football and be managed a lot better. Um, but I can understand Mikel's being selfish here and thinking, well, I, I haven't got anything else that I can use in that position in that system. And that was a big critique I had of the specific system that he invented, that back three, back four hybrid, because it was very, very reliant on one player. Because when you play Ainsley at the left wing back position, he gives you nothing going forward. So it's either sack or bust. Um, but yeah, load management, I'm not really happy. I feel like he needs to be managed a lot better. Mm. Agreed, agreed. Um... And then this uh, question here. So despite having a number of players leaving next summer, do you think uh, COVID will implicate an impending rebuild from Pep is bald? <laughs> um, yeah, for, for me on that one, um, it's just going to depend on, you know, sort of this, this vaccine, I guess, and getting fans back into stadiums. You know, you're seeing... Um, well, in the summer just gone, basically no one spent any money um, other than the Premier League, you know, so, um, and England in general. No one else spent any money, you know. Spain, Barcelona and Real Madrid didn't spend their big drivers of that Spanish market. France, PSG didn't spend any money. Germany, um, Bayern spent, you know, very little. I think a few, a few bits and bobs here on Mark Rocker, 15 million, two promoting, this kind of, these kind of deals that you don't really see them doing. Um, too often there was no movement in any of the other big leagues so um, what we're seeing as well at the moment you know the UK seems to be well of the major leagues I think Germany have got some some people in the stands but no one really seems to be moving forward with getting fans back into the stadium so unless that situation changes very soon or before the end of the season I think you might have another um, similar uh, summer transfer window where it's mainly the Premier League um, being the the big spenders because we all know about the TV money you know? so um, it's a worrying time I think to for us to try and shift some of our deadwood <clears throat> one yeah. thing I would say though on top of that is that I do think now given this market we need to be a bit more pragmatic in some of the fees that we're trying to accept for some of these guys like if someone comes in with 15 M's um, I think for 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 Xhaka or for Maitland-Niles or Lacazette or something like that, I think you have to just take it now and not try and hold out for you know money that we just know is not going to come because we thought it was going to come in the summer, it didn't come, and I think what's what's now more important is it's getting whatever money you can in and hopefully you can then force those lower prices onto other teams as well. But I think the alternative, as let in terms of letting them stay at the club, I think we cannot do that. Yeah, she has. I, I, I agree. I, I, I really think, and, but to be honest, I thought this this summer as well. I just thought 
sell these players by any means necessary. Do you know what I mean? So we you, you <coughs> need to look at the fact of just our current position. We've been getting worse year on year. So why would we be holding these unrealistic valuations? Do you know what I mean? So who, who wants them? Do you know what I mean? Out of the current crop, the only ones I could think of that, you know, you're going to get decent money for are guys like Xhaka, um, Lacazette, possibly Ainsley Maitland-Niles, but obviously they will all be significantly reduced fees. But you have to take it. You have to take it. We're not in a good position. We have to accept that we've made... Um, poor transfer decisions, we've made poor recruitment decisions, so we're going to have to accept our losses. Um, it can be mitigated by the fact, obviously, like you said, our wage bill is going to be um, freed up quite a bit this summer, so it just depends on how we choose to spend it and where we choose to spend it. Like I said, me, I would do the bulk of it in France because, and I would take advantage of the financial situation there, so um, even in, despite COVID, I think they said Premier League teams altogether, we spent over a billion pounds this summer, um, mm. and I think these teams, they tend to make contingency plans anyway, um, because they would have known a vaccine was, was going to be a while in coming. So I still don't think we're going to have full fans back for, for a very, very long time anyway. So I think it, they will factor this into their planning and, and they'd be very dumb if they didn't. So um, I think it might, I don't think it will affect what we want to do next summer, to be honest, if I'm to be totally honest. What might affect us will be our league position and the level of player we can acquire. Um, dependent on where we finish. So, um, mm. so it, for example, if it was me, I would have a list drawn up to say if we finished, like, obviously it's not going to happen. By say, by some miracle we won Europa, I would have a list for that. Say by some miracle we got back into Europe in Europa again next season, I would have a list for that. And I would have a random list just for no Europe at all. So I think you which need is, to have... Um, yeah, which, is likely. which is yeah, likely. Which is likely. Which is likely. So I'm, you need to... Yeah. No, I was just going to say, everyone keeps talking about all this money coming off our wage bill. That's nearly the exact amount that we're going to lose from not being in Europa next season. Mm. There yeah, you go. probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ibrahim HD has asked, since the league art is broke, who should we get from there? Um, I'm not going to get into that in this episode because we've done a patron piece last week talking about various names that we can sign in January. So, Ibrahim jump on the Patreon and get a get a listen, give that a listen, because we did go into a lot of depth about um, <clears throat> what we think we can do in January um, for the cheap. And and uh, a lot of league league R names were mentioned um, in in that episode. Um, and then who, Denis, who is the best talent in your academy and how could they help the first team right now? Um, v, do you want to tackle that one? Man, who have I been looking at? Do you know the academy is the only the the young G's are the only ones giving me hope these days, man. I like I only watch Europe for them. Um, is would Balogun still be part of our academy? Yeah, he counts. Yeah, if he can't, then yeah, I'd say Balogun right now. Balogun and Aziz. Balogun and Aziz. Um, if you want to count Saliba, you can count Saliba. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I'd say this would be the, those three right now. Um, I think I think Balogun could do way more for us than um Nketia. You know, I think he moves with a lot more intent, and he looks like he really wants to, you know, get involved in the squad. A lot of for me, I don't know. A lot of Nketiah's goals for me look very like he doesn't really mean to score them. They just kind of yeah. happened. So well, from nah. from 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 three yards out, you're not feeling you're not feeling Eddie Pocha and Ketia, yeah. No, no, no. I don't think he's a poacher. Or like, I think he, I think he, I just, sometimes the way he behaves is like he doesn't mean to score. Mm. 
the way he scores. But so as if, for me right now, Balogun. Okay. Slightly harsh, slightly harsh. But Sharon, there's a there's a name I'm waiting for you to drop here. <laughs> You know, I'm going to say, my, to be fair, the person who I think can help most is the one that's playing is Saka, but obviously he's he's already playing too much. Do you know what I mean? So, mm. um, but yeah, I, I think I, at this stage, I, I don't see why Emil Smith-Rowe can't get some minutes. I don't even see why he can't just make the bench, um, to be honest. So yeah, it would it would, it would be him. Um, overall, the other ones are way too young or I just, I don't rate them. Like, I'm not very big on Miguel Aziz, like some Arsenal fans are. Um, so I don't really rate him. The one who I loved, uh, who we let get away, was uh, Yunus Musa, who was at Valencia. So that's who I would have loved, um, as I think he would have done a lot because he has a lot of PMP, a lot of athleticism, and he has end products already as he's shown for Valencia at such a young age. So just wish he hadn't mm. signed that massive contract. But boy, mm. yeah, I don't think any youngster is going to change our fortunes this season, unfortunately. Um, I'd be surprised if we did, but yeah, I would like to see Emil Smith Rowe get some more minutes. Yeah, fair. And final question this is for everyone, I think. Um, <clears throat> from Marley Mo, do you think guys think Arteta will get sat before the Everton game? And then let me add, when or if you do think he should be sacked, when do you think is the right time to do it? He's Nero, not, let's start with you. He's not going before the Everton game. We, 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 he's staying there till at least the end of January. Going to pop not end of Feb because he's going to get the January window and they're going to see what he's going to have to do in the January window at bare minimum, unless we're literally in the relegation zone. Um, now, for me, the best time to do it is before January, personally, because one, they can get a look at their players before the January transfer window and actually make some suggestions and changes, whoever the new coach will be. And selfishly, I just want someone to make Arteta look like a mug coming before January, before Saliba leaves. Look at Saliba, play Saliba, and make him look like a clown. That 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 would be really nice for me. And I'll and I'll be at in Mikel Arteta then. Told you so, babe. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sean, same same question, I guess. Yeah. Uh, he, so he won't be sacked before the Everton game. Um, yeah, it's 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 a catch twenty two one because I'm I'm wary about giving him money to spend in Jan. Um, at the same time, one of my big fears is that any new manager comes in and says, oh, I want to give some of these players a new... The last thing I want, yeah, is some of these players to get another chance under another manager. So that that's why part of me is tempted just to leave Arteta in because he obviously wants some of these guys out. And despite my reservations on Arteta, I will agree with him on that. Do you know what I mean? He wants some of these bums out and, and I don't disagree with that. Like, I just The last thing I want is a new manager to come in and just be like, oh, do you know what? Let me give Jaffa a clean say again. No, 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 no. Mm. So, um, yes, yeah, so I think, I think they'll give Arteta the window. I think, I think they'll give him the window, and it will, and they'll see what he's on from there. Um, yeah, like Leroy says, unless we're like massively like in the relegation zone, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think they'll pull. I don't, I don't think they'll pull the trigger. The, the, the league is a lost cause now, so they'll, um, I will probably give him Jan, see what he's on from there, um, and they'll put all the, the eggs in the Europa basket. Mm. all right <clears throat> that let, i'm gonna wrap it up there guys um thanks everyone for tuning in live watching um on youtube on periscope twitter um listening on uh spotify apple all of that good stuff um make sure 
Um, if you haven't already, you subscribe to the Patreon. As I mentioned, we did um, uh, an interesting Patreon piece this week talking about six ways we can fix Arsenal um, in January. There'll be another Patreon piece, I'm sure, coming out um, this week as well. So lots of good content for you to subscribe to there and make sure you follow us um, on uh, all socials uh, at Touchagunas, at Touchland Fracas. Um, and subscribe to the YouTube if you haven't already, because we'll be sending out a lot more of these live um, episodes um, across all the pods uh, throughout the week uh, and the weeks to come. So um, thanks, everyone, for tuning in, um, and have a good evening. Yeah, you too, lads. Take care. In a bit. It's got to 2-2, two, two and we've still got more than half an hour to go, and here's Ozil. Podcast Network.